1972, whether for the Senate or twice for president. So all he really knows how to do is run. And so confronting a future in which he's no longer doing what he is his natural kind of mode of being, I think was difficult for him. And after and around the Colbert thing and around the, the time when people learned that Bo's dying wish was that he would run, he started getting a lot of incoming. People calling him saying you should run. Donors, strategists, voters, others around the country. I don't think Joe Biden ever had that happen before where like dozens of hundreds of people were calling. And it's easy, I think, for politicians when they get all that incoming or human beings to think, man, this is my moment. Like the country is calling out for me to do this. And the truth is, Mark and I went and did these focus groups for our show out in Iowa and New Hampshire. We talked to Democrats out there. They didn't want to see him run. Mm -hmm. they, 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 the voters looked at him and they looked at that Colbert appearance that we all thought was very affecting. They looked at it and said, that guy doesn't seem emotionally ready to be running for president. He still seems too torn up by what happened with his son. I'm sure that information reached Joe Biden, that not that those focus groups and more generally. He, I think, came to his senses in some sense that, mm -hmm. you know, that there was not, this was not a national calling for Joe Biden to get in the race. And at the same time, there were people around him, including some members of his family, who at that moment was all of that was happening, Hillary Clinton's trajectory seemed to be getting worse and worse. The email story seemed to be getting more and more damaging. Her poll numbers seemed to be sinking. And people around him were saying, this is coming to you. Just keep waiting. It's coming to you. It's coming to you. And in the last few weeks, that changed. With Kevin McCarthy's comment and the Benghazi hearings now looking more favorable to her, her debate performance, other things in the atmosphere, the moment where he starts to doubt that the country's really calling for him and the political dynamics no longer seem so favorable, and then he goes back to his heart and he was never really fully there, and that all adds up to the decision. Okay, Al, is it possible still, still, uh, that if something happens to uh, Secretary Clinton's campaign, whether it's an email that gets out that nobody knows about now, uh, that it implodes her candidacy that he would get back in or he would get in. Well, Charlie, it would have to happen very soon. Uh, it's possible, but it's very unlikely because they actually are voters who elect delegates in this process. You, you know, I think all of this back and forth and and this TikTok occurred. There was a genuine discussion. Uh, Eve, there were top advisors at, at his Naval Observatory home uh, late yesterday afternoon, early evening, who left pretty convinced he wasn't going to run, but it wasn't, it wasn't final until he talked with his family. But I think the overarching question here was something that maybe even Joe Biden didn't fully, fully uh, know all along, which was you can't run for president as a, as, a, as a catharsis to somehow shed your grief. It's a very hard, difficult, trying, painful thing to go through. It's not fun. Uh, people think it's fun. It's not. And for Joe Biden in, in, in this state to have done that, I think almost from the beginning was just not going to happen. And I don't think he fully realized that for a while, but it just wasn't, wasn't to be. And I think that is more important than the polls or the fundraising or some of the other stuff. I mean, he definitely, he very much wanted to be president. He has very strong feeling, what, you're smiling. Wants, no, wants to be president today, thinks, yeah. he'd be, thinks he'd be a better candidate for the Democratic Party than Hillary Clinton, thinks he'd be a better president than Hillary Clinton, thinks that his partnership with Barack Obama has made him even more ready to be president than he felt he was before when he'd been chairman of foreign relations and chairman of judiciary. And I think part of what today was about in giving that extended set of remarks flanked by his wife and the president, President Obama, was to try to put a coda 
although he'll speak again, on saying, here's my vision. Here's what I think America should be. Here's what I think the Democratic nominee should be like. And very much wants his, I mean, the highest office he's likely to achieve now, almost certainly, is vice president of the United States as part of the Obama-Biden administration. And I think he's trying to find a way to make peace with that and put his imprint on the next year of the administration and on the successor of, whoever, of whatever Democrat becomes nominated. Let's imagine for a moment he had run. What would be the differences with Hillary Clinton? Uh, you know, this is always one of the big questions. You know, on, on some areas of policy, foreign policy in particular, he was, bit, was more dovish than she was. She, he could have pointed to those distinctions um, in some ways. On economics and most of domestic policy, they are not very far apart. And that was one of the problems in terms of trying to think through what the path would be. There's not a clear ideological or, or large numbers of policy differences that are very dramatic, unlike, say, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, where the differences are much more stark. It would have been a campaign I think based much more on on I am a more authentic voice for the middle class, for the working class. Um,